This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the joke of the mustache. I am Vince Russo. This is the great, talented pantomimimist. R.D. Reynolds. What's going on, R.D.? I cannot wait to discuss this episode with you. I'm sure there's, uh, there's, it's going to be quite uh, entertaining. I thought it was a pretty good episode. I see you threw a hat on to show that you no longer have the big uh, pompadour. Anymore. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you, are you are you trying to are you you're trying I thought that was a Rodman jersey there for a second. I thought no. you were trying to be the bad boy. You I know, I got I, I got I got to tell you what happens RD. This happens every year. Uh yeah. my whole life I've been chasing the uh I I call it the Kevin Nash hair. <laughs> and I tell my wife that before I leave this earth <clears throat> I want to experience having Kevin Nash hair. Are you, is he going to be, are you going to ask him to do like locks of love where they cut off their hair and give it to, yes. to someone? That's what yes. you're going to need to get. I'm I'm sorry, dude. It, you know, it's like some people just have the genetics. Yeah. That they can achieve that, that, that flowing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, my friend. I don't. Well, th- I don't think you have it. I got. I know I don't. I gotta tell you something. This last time I had it going. Okay. Here's what happens every time, RD. <laughs> every year, this is what happens. Right around the end of May, the beginning of June. Yes. The top comes off of the Jeep. And once the top comes off of the Jeep, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta lose it, man. I gotta lose it. You literally just put on a hat. Yeah, I gotta lose it, man. I gotta lose it. Okay, so you, so you, you want Kevin Nash hair? Yes. But the inconvenience of putting on a hat is preventing you. Yeah, that's. Nah, bro. You don't it's, want it. It's, it's you don't more, want it. It's more than inconvenience of putting on a hat, bro. You put on a hat, it. then you've got hat hair. Then, in order to event hat hair, you got to wash your hair. It's a whole thing, bro. Yeah, yeah. Washing your hair—that's that's a challenge, dude. You're talking to a guy that uh, combs with a wash rag, so I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah, very nice. See, yeah. bro, I hate, bro, listen, I think I look, uh, I, I literally, I look like a gorilla when my hair's like this. I really, really do. Um, And I hate the way I look when my hair's like this, mm-hmm. but I hate messing with it, bro. That's why I just say, take it off, go, do it, get, get it, get it out of here, man. Get it out of here. Artie Reynolds here with Mighty Joe Russo. <laughs> Mighty Joe's. Yeah. RD, I made a bl- I made a blunder this week. We we also made a blunder last yeah. week, but we'll get to that during the show. I made a blunder this week. Okay. I once worked many, many, many years with a young man by the name of uh Jeremy Borash. Yes. And Jeremy basically came up as Bob Ryder's cabana boy. Oh, trust me. I know. Trust me, Bob Ryder, Jeremy Borash had no love for R.D. Reynolds. Really? Oh, God, yeah, they were. Bro, I swear, when you, tell, when, when you tell me somebody doesn't have love for R.D. Reynolds, I, I, when, and I say, really, I really mean that. Because I, I don't know how anybody can not like it. I don't know that either. Actually, it was uh, the, the late Merle Vincent who uh, was on the site with me at the very beginning. Oh. He wrote a column about... Uh, some WCW live thing that Bob and Jeremy did. And he kind of talked about how it looked very amateur hour. And and they took, they took great exception to that. Okay. Now <clears throat> fast forward, uh, you know, uh, 22 years later, Jeremy Borash is now like, I mean, he does incredible work. So Jeremy, uh, since I know you're not listening to this, I will still say you do incredible work. But at the time, 
it was something that you know Merle yeah. had written something, and so Merle by proxy RD uh, were were not were not beloved, even though I didn't write it. Well, RD JB was Bob Ryder's cabana boy, right? I see something in this young kid. I bring him under my wing. I invite him into the creative uh, meetings. I start tootling this young lad. That sounds like something illegal. I don't know that I would admit to that. Well, I, I do. What uh, is, t- do I even want to know teaching, what tootling te- is? Teaching. Oh! Tootling, tootling. I, I thought it was something no, with a, tootling. some fingers. No, 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 no. We spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. He even went on vacation with me, my dad, and my two boys. We went to uh, we went to uh, Pack Bell and Dodger Stadium, and he went. We went with us. We were very, very close, very tight. We wrote a bitch slap together, okay. very close, very tight at TNA, very close, very tight. We did a lot of work. So now, uh, Jeremy's working at the WWE. Yes. And I'm reading an article about how Kevin Nash actually said it on his show that Jeremy Borash is now uh, Triple H's uh, right-hand man. This is a very Kevin Nash-heavy episode here of Joker's yeah. Mustache. <laughs> so, so, bro, I, I, got, I got JB on my mind because I just saw that headline. And I'm riding in my car, bro. Mm-hmm. And the song comes on grandma's feather bed okay jeremy borash and i were huge john denver marks okay jeremy's favorite song was grandma's feather bed so the song comes on and uh i think of jeremy borash right so i'm like you know what let me um let me text message jeremy borash yes so I text message him, and basically I said, JB, do you and Trips ever hold down, ever have a good old hold down to Grandma's feather bed? Absolutely. I would like to think Hunter does that. To which there was no reply. i shocked. Next day, I'll take that as a no is what I text. Okay. Of which there is no reply. So now I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. I took this kid from a young pup, taught him everything he knows. Now he's Tripp's right-hand man, so somebody else I will never hear from again. Possible right? that he didn't have the – he may have changed phones or something. Well, I went off. I went off. Now, bro, let's be fair. I went off and, bro – there was really there was no hatred there mm-hmm. was disappointment and i uh-huh. was in full entertainment mode and bro come on the just, entertainment sort section of the texting yeah apparently. now rd let, let's face it man when we do these shows we're like ah bro i'm just gonna say this nobody's listening like you just said you know jb i know you're not listening so but i put him over right so bro i go off go off, you don't call me anymore because you and trips, or, you, know, you're, you know, I go off. Mm-hmm. So then, bro, I'm not thinking like nothing of it. Like a spurned lover. But it was entertainment. It was not vicious. I, there was no hating. Uh, yeah, of course not. Yeah. No, there was, it really wasn't. It was really mm-hmm. entertainment. So then, bro, Sports Kita writes this whole article about a 24-year friendship is over and this and the other thing. And I'm like, okay, bro. So now it's out there and I'm thinking nobody's listening. Right? Okay. Yeah. So last night, bro, about 11 p.m., I get a text message. message. Uh, mm-hmm. Vince, uh, I changed my my phone number six months ago. Just what I said. <laughs> it took me no time to figure out no, this is probably what the yeah. issue was. Yeah, yeah. So I had. So how did someone find out about this if it was going to the wrong number? Oh no, no. He he must bro the sports key to thing. 
but, but how did Sports Kita find out? I Mike was I, I did the tirade on my Sports Kita show. Oh, okay, okay. And they reported on it, and I'm like, oh, bro, here we go. So I'm sorry, Jeremy. All right, let's get to the show. Man. You should be sorry. Yeah. Should but it wasn't. I, I mean, I it was not hateful. I'm not that way at all. I used to be, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. It may be good for you to just put certain things in a balloon and let them go. But hey, at least Jeremy got in touch with you. He wouldn't have got in touch with you. you Uh, Right. That's right. And we had probably an exchange for about an hour, which was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Yes. So it's all good. Question. What's that? Do they have a hoedown? No, no, there's no feather bed hoedown with him in trips. Too serious. It's too serious in that environment. No, no hoedowns. That would suck. Yeah. If you are little career advice from go ahead, go ahead, your old buddy Artie Reynolds. If you're working with a company uh, and they are so serious that you're you're not allowed to have a hoedown or a hoot nanny, <laughs> there's better places out. There. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's not like a good old uh, hoedown. All right. We're going to have a hoedown and a hootenanny now, on you this know show. That, you know there's something very significant in the, in this episode, right? There's a couple things significant in this okay. episode. All right, fair enough. We'll okay, let's go. We'll see what yours is. Okay, King Tut's Coop. <clears throat> King Tut's Coop. Coop, Coop, I'm sorry. Original air date, Wednesday, March 8th, 1967. This is my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Mrs. R.D. Was also the date, not 1967. By the way, my father, I spoke two to my years father, old when she had me. I spoke to my father this morning. He asked me how RK was. I said, he, yeah, he's doing wonderful, bro. <laughs> Much love. Go ahead, RK. Go ahead. Also, uh, the New Orleans Saints began selling season tickets on this day. Interesting. 20,000 sold the first day. Wow. Good for them. <clears throat> we go to the intro. The narrator tells us the start of a nor- new semester at Ivy-covered Yale University. And the portly professor of Egyptology outlines his plans. Are you, so, are you assuming that was a real shot of Yale? The, I, I, I am sure it was not a real shot of Yale. I, bet you, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I See, I think it might have been. I think it might have been. For those who don't know, Yale is in Connecticut. I think it may have been a real shot of Yale. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I was actually disappointed because they mentioned it was Ivy covered. And so I was hoping they were going to call it like Yarvard University. Yes, yes. Or Hale yes. University. Yes. Yeah. Tut's there. He is detailing his plans to a couple of uh, apparently football players. That's what I was Bro, I do want to throw this little tidbit in because I know we go back to the I'm older than you, yada, yada, yada. Never said um, that even once. There was a very show. famous show uh, after Batman. Um, very famous show. Very popular with the kids. Uh, you probably never heard of it. It was called Room 222. It's so popular, I've never heard of it. Room 222 was a great show. And the black gentleman in this scene mm-hmm. went the- on to be the star of room 222 he was the principal of the school so i just want to throw that little uh, fun fact in there fun to know yes tut says there will be a field trip to gotham city park now last time tut was in gotham city park he was wheeling around the giant statue thing yep and he kind of tries to get some truth out of these guys There's a field trip coming. That is, if you're really interested in Egyptology and not just two football players hoping this will be some easy course. So they kind of go, I mean, he kind of is like poking at them. So they poke back at him and they said, man, we heard you flipped a while back. And he says, yes, yes, it's true. I suffer from a unique combination of amnesia and identity transference. It only happens, only happens when I suffer cranial concussion, however. Thus, as you can see, I've protected myself with this hard hat. He has a little derby on. 
he flips it over so you can show you know, this this metal brace inside that's going to protect him. So he takes off the hat, and just so happens right then, some planted pots are pushed out a window. They land on both of the football players. They immediately start saying, Hail, Almighty Tut, Prince of Darkness. Hail, Sovereign, all that's mean and evil. And then, of course, the professor gets clonked on the head as well, and he is back to being King Tut. Bro, how awesome would it be, seriously? Uh, See, there, bro, like, I... I could never imagine being a writer in the wrestling business again. But then we have shows like this. Mm-hmm. And the thought crosses my mind that the next person that suffers a concussion comes comes out the next time is King Tut. Yes. And and I and that's what I miss. I, I'm, how awesome would that be? Bro? Yeah. Come on, come on. How awesome would that be, bro? Which you know who'd be great for that? Otis. Otis yes. concussion, yes, he and when he there. returns, he's King Tut. Oh, yes. Come on, man. Go ahead. Licensed. You should, you, should, uh, you should text now that you have his correct number. You should text Jeremy Borash. and tell him to tell trips. Yeah. yeah I go ahead. Idea. So they immediately go to the Gotham Museum. They steal a sarcophagus. Gordon, we go to Gordon's office, and Gordon says, yep. There's only one person that we can call in a time like this, a time of crisis such as this, and it's Bruce Wayne. And and O'Hara's like, what? He says, well, let me explain. There's an Egyptian costume ball at the Gotham City Hotel tonight. Bruce Wayne's the chairman. Perhaps he has something we don't. Yep. We go to Wayne Manor. Bruce, Dick. And Aunt Harriet, I wrote, supported, uh, are all dressed uh, like folks from the Roman Empire. Yes. Bruce it says, I can't wait till tonight. I get to see Lisa dressed as Cleopatra. Now, we don't know who Lisa is. <laughs> However, speaking of Lisa, Lisa's, correction from the last episode where I said we did not remember. I said this is the second time this woman has been on the show. Yes. And I said we did not rate her the first time, and we rated her like a six, six and a half, as Pinky Pinkerton, Pinkston, whatever. That was incorrect. We did rate her. We did. Yes. Thank you, WrestleCrapRadio.com. You you caught me on my incorrect statement. Uh, Miss Diane McBain as Pinky, uh, was on the Mad Hatter, one of the Mad Hatter episodes. Oh, okay. It's Henchman. Her name was Lisa. You ra- One of us rated her a seven and a half on that show, and the other rated her an eight. So she must have been far more attractive without the ridiculous pink hair. And that dog, that, it still bothers me so much, that dog that she had. The pink dog. It, it wasn't even pink. Or, you know, they dyed it pink, and they never washed it before they yeah. dyed it pink. Anyway, horrible. Well, let me ask you this. Did you take this line as, uh, I can't wait to see Lisa dressed as Cleopatra? Did you take that line with sexual overtones, or he just can't I'm wait to see it? They, they have some kind of. Right on. Okay, so that's how you talked. I, t- I kind of took it the same way a little bit. I didn't, but you. I, was I did. I did. That's because you're a perv. Okay. What about the law? What about Alfred getting scolded? Uh, yes, we'll get to that. So Alfred does come out and says, Commissioner Gordon is on the phone for Bruce in the study. And Aunt Harry is like, what on earth would Commissioner Gordon want with Bruce? And Dick, for his part, looks so mad. Bruce and Alfred go in the study and Bruce is livid. Alfred. I'm shocked at your breach of secrecy right in front of Ann Harriet. And he explains, no need to be upset with me, sir. The commissioner's call was for Bruce Wayne, not for Batman. But a feeling inside me suggested you take it in here. Now, <coughs> they're having this conversation. This would, uh, I think, be a faux pas. Bruce and Alfred come in. 
and they have the conversation where he says, you know, he was calling for Bruce. He wasn't calling, you know, he's calling for you, Bruce. He wasn't calling for Batman. <clears throat> he's having this. He says this while the phone is off the <clears throat> hook. So there's no chance that Gordon wouldn't have heard this. Let me ask you this. Except do you Gordon's always an idiot. So, well, do you always remember two phones ball. being on the table? Uh, I do not remember the second phone. Being I on do the not table. either. Yeah, I do not either. So go ahead. Gordon asked what circ- what significance a sarcophagus from 1300 BC might have. And Bruce notes, that is the time when King Tut, and I quote, trod the land. Yes. Bruce says Gordon should probably call Batman immediately. And so hangs up. O'Hara says, well, I guess millionaires aren't so dumb after all. And Gordon says, hey, stupid. They wouldn't become millionaires if they were dumb. Yeah, what would make him think millionaires were dumb? I I agree. You're not not dumb if you're a millionaire. Eh, You can be. If you inherit it. Sure. Yeah. Gordon calls Batman. Batman immediately says, yep, we're ready. I know King Tut's back in town. And Gordon's just, you know, he, he says, King Tut's back in town. We're on our way. Click. At this point, Gordon just hangs up the phone. And then he looks right at the camera. And he says, absolutely incredible. Incredible. Yeah. You'd think the man could read my mind. They, I again, they are dressed up as, uh, as uh, whatever. He was Julius Caesar or something. I can't remember. Yeah. So they're in these robes. It was great. You had to pay attention. They ran to the bat poles holding up the robes as they ran. Yes. Just tremendous. And, and I also want to confirm, too, uh, throughout this, uh, there was the episode a couple of weeks ago when Catwoman was uh, trying to seduce um, Batman. And I said uh, he was clearly in the episode Sporting Wood. And I've been examining a Batman since that scene, and he was clearly at that time Sporting Wood. I thought you were going to say he was always erect. No, no, only during that time. I'm glad that you do such things. Yeah, um, I I like to see what what, if Ann Harriet supported Bruce Wayne, Batman, as as a boner. Yes, yeah. We go to Gordon's office. Robin doesn't understand why Tut doesn't stay where he belongs. As at the university as a nice, mild-mannered professional, professor. He says, don't forget, Robin, Batman does, when the professor metamorphizes, and O'Hara goes, and Batman goes, changes into King Tut. Right, right, right. He forgets his true identity. Any clues, Gordon? Nary a one. So they theorize that Tut won't try to claim Gotham as his kingdom uh, because he did that before. And, quote, he was thwarted in that gambit. Yes. The phone rings and Gordon answers. He's dismayed. He says, Foad Sphinx, the talented Middle Eastern pantomimist, <laughs> is that how you spell it is that <laughs> that is oh how my... you spell it bro you should see my spelling of it oh my god okay <laughs> he's been found in his swank suite at the oasis hotel and uh batman's like is he alive and they're like barely he's been pummeled about the head and shoulders by someone answering the description of tut furthermore he was tied up in classic tradition. Bro, that's a fun. How can we never use that? How come, especially in wrestling, bro. The, pummeled. Pummeled is a very fun I use, word. I use. Uh, you still pummel use pummel? whenever I when I write. Uh, yeah, whenever I write wrestling stuff, I throw. Pummel I love in all pummeled. Time. I yeah. love pummeled. Yes. Yeah. We go to Tut's hideout in the Pyramid Club. A I do shattered. Wanna, I do want to say this before you go on because I just wrote a note here, bro. What a robe that was. I, again, I'm going to assume that is in the warehouse. What a beautiful robe that was, bro. Right next to the gold tank. And 
I, I might add this too. He was a very big man, bro. Very large. Man. You don't say. Yes. <laughs> Tut's hideout is in the Pyramid Club. This is great. It is. It's very clearly a matte painting. You know, just a painting of a pyramid, <laughs> and it has a little sign on it that says, "You know, closed or whatever." Right. It's a shuttered roadhouse in an underdeveloped suburb. So Tut comes out of a sarcophagus. He is greeted by his squeeze, Neela, who says, Hiya, Tut, baby. <clears throat> Tut explains, soon I will cl- soon I will claim my queen. Mm, the lovely Lisa Carson, daughter of wealthy, wealthy socialite, John E. Carson. Brilliant. Will appear at the Egyptian ball tonight as Cleopatra, her escort, will be millionaire Bruce Wayne as Julius Caesar. And Tut does not like Bruce Wayne. This is a very clear. And he says, tonight he'll lose his queen to me, the king. Oh, how pulchronodious. Tell me with that one, bro. It's a grandiose way of saying someone or something is good looking. It's quite rare and for that reason often used for humorous effect. Now, bro, let me ask you a question. Yes. We're at the writers meeting. Yes. Do you think somebody actually knows what knows that word or are we going to the syllabus to find words like Some, this? someone knew that word you really I, think I so truly believe that wow good for them bro that's yes. good for them i don't bro. think that's something you you just pull out of the wow like Gosh. if it was some, like writing today it would be a little easier because you just go google beautiful yeah. synonym yeah. you know but wow that's tremendous i'd like to think these these guys have shown themselves to be pretty uh pretty clever yeah yeah so neil is like wait a minute you're, you're going to get another woman where, where does that leave me and tut goes eh you could always be a lady in waiting <laughs> So the boys uh, are, do a bat climb, and they run into Susie Knickerbocker. Apparently, she was a gossip columnist long before my time. Did, did you know who this I was? I did not. I, I mean, I, I, I did not. I, I, I knew many gossip columnists during that time, but not her. Hmm. <clears throat> so... She, uh, they're like, Susie Knickerbocker, what are you doing here in Gotham? And there she's like, I go where the action is. Caribbean, the Riviera, the Greek islands, wherever there's glamour, that's where I am. And they say, what are you doing in Gotham? It's pretty boring here. And Susie says, oh, I don't know, boy wonder. I hear millionaire Bruce Wayne is really one of the hippies. That's tremendous. Bruce Wayne is a hippie? <laughs> what are good. you talking about, sister? Yeah. She goes, all that marvelous money and fantastic Wayne Manor. And Batman stops dead in his tracks and says, stately Wayne Manor. Right. <clears throat> I almost died. I was <laughs> laughing so hard at this correction. Right. Susie says, Batman, I think it's a darling little costume you're wearing. Where did you get it? Did you get it at London or Rome? Batman's like, no, I believe in patronizing local craftsmen. <laughs> Robin continues saying, there's a guy who makes great capes and cows right here in Gotham City. And uh, who who are his other customers? Uh, well, uh, the villains, I would think. Because <laughs> they didn't say he only makes them for, for good good guys. Oh, that is guys got to earn a living. If, if there's only Batman and Robin, I mean, yeah. it, 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 that's you maybe, can't maybe he made Tut's a robe. He might have. Yeah. Might have. Robin, uh, you know, Susie says, you know, is continuing to say maybe you'll be in the column. And Robin says, holy jet set, Batman. Maybe we could be in Susie's column. And Batman notes, it's an unlikely spot for two mundane crime fighters. She then theorizes 
maybe there are a couple of international playboys. Hmm. Close window. That was fun, even though I didn't know who she was. Yeah, it was. I love it whenever the the correction was made, though. That 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 was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. They go to a penthouse and they run into a cop. Says everything here has been left exactly per Commissioner Gordon's orders. We haven't touched a thing. We have touched nothing because Gordon said leave everything exactly as is. Now this is where the pantomimist is. He we find the pantomimist in question. He is in a noose, an honest-to-God noose. <clears throat> and he notes uh, this this tut. He's a very muscular fellow. He is? Where, <laughs> where, where? I don't know that I believe this pantomimist. Yeah. Batman pulls a note out. Of, so the guy is still in the noose. And so Batman's like asking him stuff and everything else. And he pulls a note out of the pantomimist's pocket. Says it's from 1300 B.C., King Tut's era. So we're going to go back to the Batcave. So they get ready to leave. And the guy is uh, like, can I get out of this noose? Would that be acceptable? It's like, oh, yes, yes, please. So that I thought that was very funny as well. It's, it, you know, it's so, it, bro, I swear it's so sad because this was 1,000% a comedic spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't, don't, don't touch anything. And he still has a noose. Bro, never in a million years could you do this on TV. Oh, not today. a chance. And, which, but my point is, like, bro, this is this is comedic. This is supposed to be funny, but you you could never ever in a million years. They go back to the Bat Cave. <clears throat> they feed things into the electronic translator. So, another great thing here. So they get this trans translation. Batman reads it. it. says, I, the great King Tut, have returned to Gotham City to wreak revenge on Batman and his accursed companion. And Robin's eyes light up when he hears accursed companion. He goes, hey, that's me. <laughs> Bro, I also pointed out here, which was very interesting. Because you rarely see this. During this uh, scene in the Batcave, um, Adam West clearly has five o'clock shadow. Yeah. You, he, I mean, you're literally seeing a mustache and a beard. I mean, you, you never see that. He clearly has five well, o'clock shadow. As I've said many times, I think you, it was not meant to be viewed in <laughs> four, 4K yes. on a 70, yes. 75 inch TV. Whatever it is, but he definitely has the five o'clock shadow going. Yeah. Yes. So they try to figure out what King Tut's after now. He's he's going to claim something for his own, and they're like, claim claim what? What 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 is he? What are they trying? What's he trying to claim? So Batman calls Gordon, tells him the ancient Egyptian ball tonight is where King Tut will t- strike next. Gordon says, I'll have a cordon of police in attendance to keep them from being noticed. Or, excuse me, I'll have a cordon of police in attendance. And to keep them from being noticed, they'll be attired as Egyptians. We're going to play dress up. He says, uh, I want uh, seven of your best men at O'Hara. Get your best men at the ball tonight in Egyptian raiment. And O'Hara is just like, Gotham City's finest, dressed up as a bunch of heathens? <laughs> May the saints preserve us. I didn't know that the Egyptians were classified as, as heathens. Yeah, I did not either. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Man, one thing I wanted to point out here when you get to the next scene with Tut that goes unnoticed, but not not easy to do, bro. I'm wondering if you noticed this as well. Or do you notice the way throughout the entire show he rolls is his R's? Oh, yes. That is, bro, that's not freaking easy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I always loved it whenever, like, uh, Howard Finkel would do that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of pronunciations that yeah. I absolutely loved Howard Finkel would do. He's yeah. just tremendous. Yes. We do go back to, we go to the Pyramid Club. Tut tells the, his cronies that he wants Batman and Robin, he wants them to show up at the ball. And they don't understand this. And he's like, you underestimate your sovereign think tank right here. 
He says he sent some robes and the mask of King Tut over to the ball. So he has sent his outfit and his little beard thing over to the ball. He has a plan. Said so Marilyn Seed is away on one. Marilyn Seed is not there. He's away on one of his frequent visits to the Asian front. What on earth is the mayor of Gotham City doing uh, frequently visiting the Asian front? That may have been like, who, who, whose island was that? What's the guy with the island that got, got killed in Epstein? That might be like Epstein's island back in the day, bro. I think he was going to the Asian front. Oh, who knows, Maybe man? Yeah. Something. Anyway. Uh, but Deputy Mayor Zorty, Zorty, Zorty is acting in his stead tonight. He will be I. So we go to the Egyptian ball. The goons are there and the police arrest Mayor Zorty, Deputy Mayor Zorty. He is, of course, dressed as King Tut. Bruce shows up. They also and- made it clear, though, which I love, bro, that the uh, the cops are wearing. They're in they're in Egyptian gear, but they're wearing white socks and black shoes. Absolutely. That was, yeah. <laughs> you don't want them to be confused. That was great. Well, and that is something like the, the <clears throat> these dingbat cops would do. Yeah, they would absolutely. fail to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Bruce is there, and Ann Harriet and Dick, they're all dressed as Egyptians. Uh, and then uh, Lisa is there, and she is dressed up as Cleopatra. Second appearance of this actress in the series as well. Second appearance? Well, I, I, if you don't know who it is, we, we'll... I know, I know who it is, but what second appearance? She was in the movie. Uh, the, oh, so okay, so the movie came out prior to this yes wow see that's that's weird to me yes that is i thought it was the op the other way around nope. movie came out in 66 i thought she earned her role in the movie by doing this i am going to verify this that really bro that that is interesting man that movie came out yeah, the movie came out in uh, night. I mean, I guess it's possible. I don't know what the filming schedule was for for the TV series, but the movie came out in June. Okay, so this episode we're that we're covering right here is airing in March. The movie came out in June. So if the if to to go with your theory that she did, knocked it out in this role. That led to her role as Catwoman. They would have had to have filmed this like a year before it aired. Yeah. Wow. That's surprising. That is, that's yeah. very, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> but yes, it is Lee Merriweather. We didn't actually announce who it was. Uh, Lee Merriweather, who played Catwoman in the movie, because yes. Julie Newmar was too good for that movie. I know she was just not available. Yeah. So, uh <clears throat> excuse me um they uh so the police are thrilled they go to gordon's office they've captured king tut but of course it's not king tut it's deputy mayor zordy and o'hara is appalled says if that's wait a minute we went over too many things there has, has chime in anytime has, you has like, tut, sunshine. Has tut, has tut seen? He's seen Cleopatra at this point, right? Yes. Okay, a couple things we glossed over. Oh my! Uh, with Gordon saying that the subterfuge is part of his plot. Yes, which I liked, uh, bro. No, 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 no. That no. was in Gordon's office when when he said that. Okay. Okay. However, maybe maybe you. Didn't look. Maybe you. Okay, I right, go ahead then. then. Then we might not have gotten to the next thing. So the subterfuge is part of his plot. Go ahead. We go to Gordon's office. Yeah. O'Hara is appalled, and says, "If it's who I think it is, and I think it is, I'll be back pounding the beat, and so will you, Commissioner." So Zordy says, "You know what? These guys were just doing their job." And then Gordon says. No doubt the subterfuge was part of King Tut's plot. Yes. Zordy warns them. Go back. Get the right guys. 
or you guys will be pounding the beat again. It's just like in Nightmare Before Christmas when Lock, Shock, and Barrel. They went to get Xanti Claws and they got uh, they got the Easter Bunny instead. Unbelievable. Did I get everything? Did I miss something? Yes, yes. What did I miss? No, no, you didn't. You got everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. We go back to the Egyptian ball. The real King Tut is there, and he is... But uh, he he's gawking at Lisa. I oh. use I, I use the word here, bro. That tut. It, it's like it, it's orgasmic. Yes, he was but, very. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce immediately knows this is the real King Tut, and Dick says we're going to deal with this. And Harriet is there, and is like, "What are you What are you guys talking about?" And there's another girl. That, who was that girl? I, who I was the younger girl? Yeah, because she did have a uh, she did have a pretty good line in this. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Tut's goons show up. Tell Bruce, okay, Bruce, need you to go tell Lisa, my girl, to dance with King Tut right over there. Right over there. There's some. We're, we're the cops. There's some other cops over there that are that are gonna, you know, take you know Tut in. And so Bruce just buys this. I have a question shouldn't bruce batman know the police oh yeah first? i was very i was very surprised because because you know how like it always looks like he's been had but then he tells robin oh no robin i knew yeah i know he, no he was had here so uh <clears throat> bruce talks lisa into dancing with todd she tells todd it's an honor to dance with him and he says i know it is not every young girl gets a chance to wrap her arms around the king. Oh, he says it just like that. Yeah. Uh, what was the line that uh, the girl had? You said the girl um, had a good line. I know she had a line, but I didn't know that it was a good line. I don't remember what it was. God, I don't. God, man, I don't think I have it, man. Which, well, which I'm surprised. Yeah. They take off with Lisa. Bruce realizes, boy, I screwed that up. However, before, very rare. Before we get to that, I think mm-hmm. uh, there he uh, Tud had a homage uh, to wrestling again. Sometimes we pick oh. up wrestling things, and I like to tie them back in. Mm-hmm. When he said, "Well-spoken, noble Mark," <laughs> made me think of wrestling. Made me think of wrestling. We go to the Bad Cave. Yes. Batman says, don't worry. I did put a tracking device in Lisa's clothes. Those were his words. I put a tracking device in Lisa's clothes. What article of clothing did he happen to figure out how to slide that into? That's true. He calls Gordon. He says, uh, we know where they're at. And Gordon's like, great, I'll go do this. And Batman's like, no, 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 dude. Probably no doubt thinking you guys couldn't even figure out who King Tut was. We don't yeah. need your help. Yeah, we got a damsel. What is it? Damsel in distress we got? Yeah, yeah. he is. They're going to take care of this damsel in distress. Yeah. They go to the lair. Cleo explains. I'm not Cleopatra, you dumb dumb. I'm Lisa Carson. I'm not Cleopatra. I'm from the fashionable Lower East part of the Upper West Side. And he, she says, who are you supposed to be? And Tut's like, who am I? Who am I? I'm Tut, Master of Thieves, King of the Nile, Moon God of Thoth. And that's just on my mama's side. <laughs> She's trying to buy her way out of this. She says, I got a wealthy father. He's going to pay whatever you want to let me go. Just name the price. He'll pay you off. It's, it's, you'll get whatever money you want. And Tut's like, no, 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 no. I don't want the money. I want you by my side here forever. She's like, ain't no way, Tubby. I'm going to do that. Tut says, I wonder how a little stay in the royal dungeon would affect you. Strange how that clammy enclosure can have a warming effect on people. So his goons take her off, and his goons are like, 
what on earth is wrong with this guy? We could be having all kinds of money. Yeah. But he doesn't want that. He wants to stay with this girl. So uh, the Batmobile shows up. He also says to her, though, I I thought this line was pretty good. Tut tells her, your home is on the Nile. Faith and I will take you there. Oh, that's, see, that looks like something that you would see, like, at the Cracker Barrel or something. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful, yes. The Batmobile shows up. Uh, Batman is going to go climb up the building. Robin is going to stay down on the ground. We go to the lair. King Tut is there doing what I'm sure the real King Tut did many times. (laughs) Blowing bubbles. (laughs) Right. And he explains again, we're not selling the girl. So Robin tries to sneak in the door, but the goons open the door. But before, like before, oh, before Batman, before uh, the goons came and they got Robin, did you hear how Robin wanted to open the door? Uh, it, what was it? What was it? Should we put Bat Melter on the lock? <laughs> Bro, come on, Bat Melter! What the heck is Bat Melter? We're we're uh, how many episodes in? This is- <laughs> We're like 90 episodes in, and we yeah. get our first Bat Melter Bat line. Bat Melter. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the goons. They they ram the door into him. And there are horribly dubbed lines here. Horribly yes. dubbed Well, lines. what do you know? The first Robin of Spring. Let's take yeah. him into the head bird watcher, the king himself. Yes. They bring Tut in, or Tut says, tie him up. Then he says, wait a minute. Great line here. Go ahead. This if is the- great. Caped crumb is here. The cowed creep can't be far behind. <laughs> that is great. Sure enough, Tut is right as rain, and we get a fight. Yes. Well, it's a fight. It is a fight. There is a lot of hide and seek played yeah. <laughs> in this fight. They're like going like this. There was a lot behind the poles. Yeah, there was a lot of hide and seek. Yes. So uh, there's also a, a great uh, thing where they pull the rug out from underneath one of the goons. Yeah. But Tut, who we are told is very muscular, muscularly slams a vase into Batman's head. Right. So they're out, and Tut says, Now, what shall we do with our mortal enemies who shan't be mortal much longer? So they put Batman in a sarcophagus, put him over a pool of water, and Tut gives the soliloquy for the ages. Friends, Egyptian henchmen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Batman, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Batman. It isn't that I love you any less, Batman. Simply that I love me more. Yes. And then he says, bubble, bubble, little bat. At the bottom of the vat, your wings will dry and soon you'll fly to the great big belfry. (laughs) in the sky (laughs) yes it appears a death worse than fate batman has been in sticky situations before but never like this and what of robin who's fit to be tied is this batman's waterloo tune in tomorrow same bat time same bat channel at your own risk. Bro, bro, I do not remember this um situation at I all. I don't either. Yes, I have no idea. I, I would assume these sarcophaguses are sealed because mummies have been in there for a billion years, no? Right. Yes, I, I would think so. I, I do not remember. It's funny because I do not remember. I don't uh, either. I it's off I often wonder, <clears throat> you know, is it just chance or is it something where uh, when certain shows were in syndication, which of course this was forever, when certain shows were in syndication, were certain episodes like f- not shown as much or maybe, whatever? Maybe 
Especially, or is it, I mean, you're saying you didn't remember it either, so that's my theory on that. Maybe, so. it, maybe it was like the new something like that. That yeah. you know, after the fact, it was like, oh shoot, you know. Who knows? Or maybe, maybe it was something where they're just like, okay, here are the the episodes we think are going to you know get the highest ratings, and people yeah. just keep airing Joker episodes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see next week. Mm-hmm. We what's, will see next. What's going down in Rupert's Arcade, man? Uh, July 8th, we are prepping for King of Arcade. I can't wait. Try and figure out what kind of troller. I mean, great, uh, nice uh, thing I'm going to do as far as setting up the tournament and, you know, all that good stuff. So someone's going to walk out with with an arcade machine. Like I said, I think it's going to be a Stargate, an actual Stargate arcade machine. Bro, do you still play like current, you know, video games, not arcade? I mean, you- I, I, I will play sometimes uh, with RD Jr. Uh, and I can't wait uh, until uh, June 28th, I think. AEW Fight Forever is. Is that when it's uh, coming released. out June 28th? Yep. yep. What about, were you, were you and RD Jr., were, was he into the new Zelda? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he. Yes, he uh, has the new Zelda. I think he's already beaten it. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm no pretty sure. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he play. He plays it like nonstop. He really. Yeah, my son. It. My son couldn't wait to get that for his birthday. I was never a Zelda guy. Yeah. Didn't didn't care for it. It was too much. I I like games like. Uh, I'm glancing over to my arcade machines. There, I like games like Pac Man, where it's very readily apparent what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to just wander around trying to talk to 87 uh, NPCs. We call them non-player characters. I don't want to talk to a bunch of people to try and figure out what I'm supposed to do next. I like to very clearly explain, or even better, I don't have to. I just see it and you understand it. Oh, I'm the little yellow guy. I need to eat all the dots. Bro, I was just watching a, a short clip on YouTube like last night or something, bro. And it was it was f- from years ago um, when Pac-Man first came out. And supposedly, bro, this guy w- played ba- pa- Pac-Man for like 48 straight days or something, w- w- whatever the score he racked up. But what happens with the Pac-Man arcade you, you oh, know, right? I, I know everything about it the runs out of It runs out of memory, right? There's it like runs no out of memory. The game, it, it, right? will, it will split, screen. split the screen in half. That is level 256 right? that that does that on. No one's ever, you, you can't get past it because it's, it's basically a wall. How disappointing is that, bro? They actually, uh, I, I think it's it's either level two fifty five or two fifty six because there uh, there is an arcade. I think it's called level two fifty six, and that's what the reference is to it. Yeah, and of course, then you have you know. Can you imagine playing all that time? <laughs> can Can you imagine that? I I know I can't because I get to um, I get the like the ninth uh, level of keys, and I can't get any further yeah. and i've been playing since it literally came out so you're talking uh 43 years ago wow 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 mm-hmm. wow what about a uh, wrestle crap man what's happening at wrestlecrap.com i have uh just posted a another new induction i i do a um i do a column it's bi-weekly where i discuss uh i call it from the pages of and I go back and, and look at old wrestling magazines, primarily WWF magazines, because that's where I got the, the, you know, that's what they would always say. From the pages of the World yeah. Wrestling Federation magazine, mm-hmm. here's update with Sean Mooney. So I go and look at those old magazines and find like ridiculous things. So I found this article. Uh, it's the ultimate warrior uh, takes over Hollywood. Okay. And it was basically, it, it was three pages of them discussing when he uh, filmed this, uh, basically, music video with Phil Collins. Wow. And I had I had found that, like, I didn't remember the magazine article, but I found the video of that, like, 20 years ago, and I inducted it on WrestleCrap.com, and I also posted it on YouTube. 
uh, which is nice. Um, I, you know, nowadays, if you're a popular YouTubist or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, you put up a video in, in 12 minutes, there's a million views. I, I've almost that Phil Collins one is, is almost at 800,000 views. Oh, wow. now granted it took 17 years for me to get that many views, but yeah. So that, oh, that you, was, know, you, yeah. you know, what's really weird, man. You, you would have thought with all the talent back then and all the larger than life characters, you would have thought there would have been much more crossover into the movies and television than there was. I mean, there, there's more now. And you, you had real characters back then. And, and hard, like, you know, Piper got They Live. Mm-hmm. But very, very rarely was there any crossover. What what'd you make? What, what are you making a face for? I, I literally, like an hour before we started recording, my favorite, um, excuse me, my favorite of uh, all the YouTube movie channels uh, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, just did a, like a dissection of the movie No Holds Barred. <laughs> that would probably be your answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, yeah, but not there were answer. others. Like, could you imagine, can you imagine Warrior in like a Rambo type role? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, you yeah. know what? This should have been my yeah. This I don't know. This should have been more crossover. Well, there were several pages about uh, about excuse me, uh, Warrior and and Phil Collins who he beat up in this video. But the last page was them talking about him making an appearance on live with Regis and Kathy Lee. So I found the appearance. Of the warrior on live with Regis and Kathy Lee. This woman. I don't know how she didn't have multiple lawsuits. Multiple lawsuits against the World Wrestling Federation. Rick Rude was on that show about, I want to say, maybe a year earlier. And he showed up. And, of course, he was doing the tights gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Where he you know, would have his uh, Cheryl Roberts face on his crotch or whatever so he shows up on this was rude shows up on regis and kathy lee he takes off his robe and he's got regis on his back on his butt and he's got kathy lee right right there on his crotch okay and she was appalled she wrote about it in her book she was really really upset about this so it's like there's no way that Warrior being on this show, this was, I don't know, a year later. There's no way that Warrior being on the show could be this much of a train wreck. I would almost argue that it was. He came out as a kinder, gentler Ultimate Warrior. He just had a little bit of face paint on. He kind of talked throughout the whole interview like this. Well, you know, I'm going to fight Rick Rude tonight. SummerSlam and whatever. So Reed's just, just trying to get him like crazy and Reed does get him crazy. Warrior starts just flipping all the furniture over and everything else. And, and so that would be kind of funny, but at the end you can tell throughout the whole segment, Kathy Lee ain't wants none of this. Yeah. Yeah. And probably it started out because warrior came out wearing this singlet and we talk about whether, Aunt Harriet was supported. Yeah. Let me tell you, this guy was going, oh, natural. Underneath there, you could have told what religion he was. <laughs> and <laughs> you could tell that that Kathy Lee wants nothing to do with this. So Warrior goes and he flips everything up. And, you know, look at how crazy the Warrior is and everything else. At the end, Ree just basically kind of pushes Kathy Lee towards the Warrior. And then he gives her, like, a hug and he forcefully puts her down on his lap oh my god after he had just told her you know he had he had made this comment that you know oh you know kathy lee gifford she's the most beautiful woman on television he had come out with a wrestling buddy as well you know one of the yeah, stuffed yeah. toys uh and said you know said hey here you go uh you know give this to your son because she had just given birth 
to someone. She looked so uncomfortable throughout this whole thing. I legit don't know how. I mean, between the rude thing, because yeah. rude was trying to kiss her, and, and Warrior, I, I guarantee you, if that happened today, there, oh, lawsuits all forget over the place. It. That is that is crazy, man. Read all about it at WrestleCrap.com. Yes. All right, what is the name of the next episode? Well, we ended this with uh, the narrator saying, Is this Batman's Waterloo? The name of the next episode is Batman's Waterloo. So apparently it is. So next week, guys, let's see what happens to the drowning Batman. Same bat time. Same bat channel. At your own risk. (laughs) 